Certainly good to see you all this morning. Happy Mother's Day. There's a book in the Old Testament called Esther. And I'm going to talk about that book this morning. I think there's a message here for us today. The Old Testament tells us how the Jews were persecuted by many people. God protected them until they turned away from him. And then they were captured by the Babylonian Empire. And the Babylonians ruled over the Israelites for 60 years. And then the Persians came and conquered the Babylonians. And though and then the Persian Empire ruled over much of the land, much of the earth, including the Jews. And the Persians were kinder to the Israelites than the Babylonians had been. And they allowed the Jews, the ones that wanted to go back home, to go back home and rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. And 60,000 of them did that. The book of Esther concerns those Jews that remained in Persia during this time. The book begins with the king of Persia, King Assyrius, and he reigned all over, over the Persian Empire. And he had this great feast, and he gathered all the nobles and the important people of the land. And he had a great feast for them. And then he had a big tour, which he toured the entire kingdom of Persia with these nobles and princes for 150 days, showing them the wealth of the Persian Empire. And after they were done, he had a great feast for these people. And they ate on golden plates and golden cups. And it was a great feast for seven days. And during that feast, the Bible says that the queen of Persia, Queen Vashti, had a feast for all the women of the palace. And while the feast was going on, they, the king started talking about how beautiful the queen was because she was a very beautiful woman. And he had his seven eunuchs go and tell the queen to put on the, the crown and come because he wanted to show the man how beautiful she was. But the queen refused to come. And this was a big deal. Because no one refuses an order from the king. And this was done very publicly. And it embarrassed the king. And his wise men told him something has to be done because everyone in the kingdom is going to hear about this. And there will be chaos. No one defies the order of the king. So they decided what they would do is they would take the crown from Queen Vashti, and they would banish her 
from the palace, she would no longer be queen. And so then the search was on to find a new queen for Persia. Now, <clears throat> there lived in this capital city a Jew from the tribe of Benjamin called Mordecai. And Mordecai had an aunt and uncle who died, leaving behind a young child. And Mordecai took this child into his home and raised her like she was his own daughter. And her name was Esther. Now, they were searching for a queen and many young women came into the city to apply. And Esther had grown to be a beautiful young lady and she applied as well. And the person in charge of all these applicants was a eunuch named Haggai. And Haggai became very fond of Esther and he told her secret things about being a queen that he didn't tell anyone else. And he gave her the best room in the place where the women were staying. And Esther and several other of the women were chosen to go through 12 months of training on the ways of being a queen. And the Bible says that Esther did everything they told her to do and learned everything they said. And finally the day came. It also says during this time Mordecai would come and he would pace back and forth in front of the court where Esther and the women were every day waiting to hear how she was doing. And the day finally came when it was her turn to be brought before the king. And the Bible says that Esther obtained grace and favor in the sight of the king. And he loved her more than all the other women. And so he placed the royal crown on her head and made Esther the new queen of Persia. And they had a great feast in her honor. Now Mordecai had warned Esther before they even left home years ago, never tell anyone that you're a Jew. It's understandable that he would want to protect her after all the persecution they had been through. And Esther didn't tell a soul. She told no one that she was a Jew. And after, after that, after she became queen, Mordecai started spending every day in front of the king's gate. And one day, Mordecai overheard these two eunuchs plotting to assassinate the king. 
And he told Esther about this assassination plot. And Esther told the king. And after they investigated, they found out it was true. And they hanged the two eunuchs for treason. Well, time passed and the king promoted this man named Haman to be over all the other rulers of the land. He made Haman second highest authority in the land under the king. And when Haman would pass through the king's gate, everyone bowed to him. Everyone except Mordecai. Mordecai refused to bow to Haman. And this made Haman angry when he saw it. And the people around Mordecai asked him, why won't you bow to Haman? And Mordecai said, because I am a Jew. And when Haman heard that, he decided he wanted to kill all the Jews. And he would use this as an opportunity to kill them all. And so Haman went to the king. And he said, king, there's this certain people living in your kingdom who have laws that are different than your laws. And they don't obey the laws that you have. Therefore, it's not fitting that such a people should live in your kingdom. Why don't you let me take care of them? I'll hire soldiers and get rid of these people. I'll destroy them for you. What do you think? Well, the king thought that sounded like a good idea. And so he gave him his signet ring and said, make it so. And so a writ was written, a law, that on a certain day, all the Jews in the kingdom of Persia were to be killed, utterly destroyed. And they made copies of it in every language of every people in the land and sent it throughout the land. Now, when Mordecai hears this, he cries out, rents his clothes, and puts on sackcloth and ashes. And he goes to the king's gate, but they won't let him in because he's wearing sackcloth. Now when the queen, Queen Esther, hears about this, she is greatly distressed, as you could imagine. And when they come and tell her about Mordecai outside in sackcloth and ashes, who can't get in, she sends a servant out to him with a new set of clothes. But Mordecai refuses to put them on. And so she sends a messenger to him, asking him, what's going on? What has happened? Why is this happening? And he tells her the story about 
Hammond and everything that's happened. And then he sends a message to her and says, Esther, you need to go to the king. You need to go and plead with the king and ask him to save, save our people. But Esther says, I can't. No one is allowed to approach the king unless they are summoned. And I haven't been summoned in weeks. The penalty for approaching the king without being summoned is death. And Mordecai replied in Esther 4 and 14, If you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Then Esther tells, tells them to gather all the Jews together to pray and fast. And she will go and approach the king, which is illegal to do. And Esther says, if I die, I die. And so Esther puts on her robe and crown and enters the court where the king was and I imagine there was a great shock in that room as this woman enters unannounced and they all probably looked at the king to see what he was going to do But the king knew Esther, and the king loved her. And so he held out his golden scepter, pardoning her of the sin. And Esther approached and grabbed the scepter, accepting it. And the king said, Esther, what do you want? He knew this must be something extremely important. So whatever it is, I'll give it to you. Just ask. So what did she ask for? Esther asked for him to first come to a banquet that she is throwing for him. And she also wanted Haman to come as well. Well, he knew there was more to it than that, but he agreed to come and told them to find Haman and tell him to come to this banquet. And so, when Haman finds out that the queen has invited 
him and the king together to this banquet. He is on cloud nine. He is overjoyed. And he tells his family and friends, bragging how important he must really be that such an honor would be given to him. And he's really, really happy until he passes through the king's gate. And he looks and he sees, there's Mordecai. There is Mordecai still not bowing to me. And his mood just goes bad. And he's, he's upset again. He's mad. He's angry. He goes home and he complains about it and he decides he's going to he's going to deal with he's going to deal with Mordecai right right now he he orders that gallows be built 50 cubits high to hang Mordecai on he'll just get rid of him now but he has to convince the king so That night, that night the king is in bed and he's tossing and turning back and forth because he can't sleep. And so he has a servant bring him the book of records so he can read something to maybe get him to go to sleep. And he's reading the book of records and he comes along to this place where it records how Malachi, or, or Mordecai, rather, <clears throat> saved him. He saved his life when he reported how these two eunuchs were going to assassinate him. And he asks his servant, he says, what honor was given to, to Mordecai for doing this for me? And his servant said, there was nothing done for Mordecai. And the king thought, that's not right. Something ought to be done for him. He saved my life. So the next morning, the king's still thinking about this, what, what he could do for Mordecai. That's when Haman walks into the palace, hoping to convince the king to kill him. And he, was going, he had this plan. He was going to get him hanged. But before he could say anything, the king says, Haman, tell me, what honor could be bestowed upon a man whom the king delights? And Haman is so full of himself, he thinks the king must be talking about him. Who else would the king want to honor but him? And so Haman says, let a royal robe be brought, which the king has worn, and a horse on which the king has ridden, which has a royal crest placed on its head. Then let this robe and horse be delivered to the hand of one of the king's most noble princes that he may array the man whom the king delights to honor. Then parade him on horseback throughout the city square 
and proclaim before him, Thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delights to honor. And the king thought that was just a great idea. And so he tells Haman, I want you to do that. Go and do that right now to Mordecai. Now, wouldn't you have liked to be in that room and seen the face of Haman? Well, Mordecai is then honored greatly by Haman. The Bible says, so Haman took the robe and the horse, arrayed Mordecai and led him on horseback through the city square, proclaiming before him, thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delights to honor. And as soon as he was done, he ran back home, crying to his wife, humiliated, telling her everything that happened, everything went wrong. And as he's telling her about his suffering and all, messengers come from the king telling him it's time to go to the banquet. The queen's banquet, the time has come. You and the king are going to go to the banquet now. So he goes with the king and they go to the banquet that Esther has prepared. And while they're eating, the king asks Esther, she, he says, will you please tell me finally, what do you want me to do? I will do whatever you ask, just tell me. And Esther says, my only request, the only thing I want is my life and the life of my people. For we are to be killed. We are to be destroyed. And the king sternly says, who would presume to do such a thing? And Esther turns to Haman. And Haman is afraid. Haman is shrinking in his chair. And the king is so angry, he leaves the room and goes out into the garden. And while he's out, Haman runs over to Esther, who's sitting on the couch, falls down on her and, and pleads with her to please don't do this. Don't save me. Don't, don't have me killed. And just then the king comes back in and sees this. And says, do you assault the queen in my presence? And then a servant is looking out the window and helpfully notices that there's a gallows that has just been finished in front of Haman's house. 
And the king says, hang him on it. And they take him away. So after that, Mordecai is given the signet ring. He's given the robe that Haman wore. He's given Haman's house, his possessions, everything he has. And then they remind the king of the letters that were sent out. The Jews are scheduled to be destroyed. And so he sends out a new command, a new law that ends up counteracting the previous law, saving the Jews from destruction. And so it says in verse, chapter 8, verse 15, so Mordecai went out from the presence of the king in royal apparel of blue and white with great crown of gold and a garment of fine linen and purple. And the city of Shushan rejoiced and was glad. The Jews had light and gladness, joy and honor. The reason I like this story so much is that it is a perfect picture of the redemption of God's people. You know you have a powerful enemy who has always been jealous of God. Jealous of God's power. Jealous of God's honor. Satan has always wanted that for himself. Satan wants you to bow to him. That's what he wants. Don't bow to Satan. Don't give him what he wants. Honor only God. If you resist the devil and trust in Jesus, he will save you. Even though you have no right to approach the throne of God, Jesus holds out his scepter of righteousness to you. giving you a chance to approach his throne. Grab hold of that salvation. Grab hold of it and don't let go. Trust his love for you. Trust him. He loves you very much. Hebrews 13 and verse 5 says, For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? How great it is not to fear man. How we can not be afraid of people. Esther had a great purpose on this earth. And she was willing to give her life for that purpose. 
God has a great purpose for you today. Are you fulfilling the purpose that God has for you in your life today? Ask yourself that. Ask yourself if you are willing to do whatever it takes to fulfill that purpose that God has for you. Like Esther was. The other day, Michael talked about how we shouldn't have to wait for someone to tell us to do something for God. If you see a need, take care of it. If you see If you see something that needs done, get it done. Who knows? Who knows whether you have come into the kingdom for such a time as this? Do you know someone in the church that needs help today? Can you lift someone's burdens? Can you lighten their load just a little bit? Can you encourage someone today that really needs encouragement? Can you be a light to someone out there who's stumbling in the dark? Think about what you can do this morning. For Jesus and do it for him do it because you love Jesus because he has shown his love for you if you've wandered away from God this morning Jesus holds out his scepter of righteousness to you grab hold of it take that forgiveness that he offers approach his throne of grace this morning as we stand and sing